All right, everybody, let's make our way back to our seats. Um, how about our children's ministry, Miss Mariah, and those who helped make that happen today? <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. You know, children have a way of uh, making things uh, bright, don't they? They also have a way of pushing our buttons, but they also have a way of just at the right time making us smile and cheer, be cheerful and shed a tear or two and remember what life is about. And, uh, you know, children and a, a specific child has been changing the world for a couple thousand years now. Seems to always bring us back around to what is most important. Let's take a look at that story this morning in Luke chapter 2. You can follow along on the screen with me here. It says, at that time, the Roman emperor... Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging or room available for them. And that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Can you just say that word, reassured? reassured. The angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God. And they were saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace. Can you say that word, peace? Peace. peace. On earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem, let's go see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. In verse 16, they hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Let's bow our heads in prayer over God's word. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the life you give us. Thank you for the people you put in our lives. Lord, thank you for our families and our church. And thank you for what this season is all about. And as we read this story and we have listened to these songs and we think about this time of year, we pray that what really gets in our heart would be the most grateful and the best thing that is, is best for our hearts, and that is Jesus and what he is, and who he is, and all the gifts he brings us, hope, love, joy, and peace. 
We honor you and we thank you now in Jesus' name. You can say amen. amen. You know, there's a story floating around out there that early in World War I, during December of 1914, that there were some German and British soldiers who took peace into their own hands. On Christmas Eve, they sang carols to one another and across the destroyed no-man's land that was out there before them. And they were finding out that they knew the same songs, even if they sang it in different languages. And then early on Christmas Day, the German soldiers walked across the scarred landscape. They were unarmed and they were shouting, Merry Christmas to all of their enemies. The Allied soldiers, a little distrusted at first, they crawled out of their trenches and joined them. They were shaking their hands. They were exchanging gifts of cigarettes and plum pudding, and then they sang Christmas carols together. And there's one report that says there was even an, a documented game of soccer that was played during the unofficial ceasefire. Anybody ever heard that story before? I tried to practice saying Merry Christmas in German to one of our German members, and she had no idea what I was saying. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that, at Merry Christmas. They took peace into their own hands during a time of war. You know, in a similar way, God's peace can fill us and reassure us even when we are surrounded by death and evil. God's presence and God's peace can pierce even dark and painful surroundings and circumstances, including any war or any emotional valley that we may find ourselves in. You know, Christmas is typically and rightfully a thought to be a joyful time, thought and a season of joy, but it can also be a, a painful season for, for some people. M maybe today you, you might find yourself in that position. What battles do you face today? What pain is relentlessly bombarding you as you hunker down in your trenches of life? What darkness haunts you even under all the Christmas lights and the decorations? It's not a time to pretend they don't exist. It's a time to actually see them for what they are. Because, you know, we may not be able to end the personal, emotional, cultural, or physical wars that we all may fight this holiday season. But even in those darkest places, we can lean into the God who is with us. The one who has come down, Emmanuel, God with us. And it's my hope that today each and every single one of us would experience the comfort of Christ reassuring peace deep within our souls. If you've been journeying with us these last three weeks as we've been approaching Christmas and this Advent season of anticipation, we've been, we've been building up each week talking about what this season holds at its core. Hope that is reviving. Love that is relentless. Joy that is restoring. And today, peace that is reassuring in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I find myself needing some reassurance. Reassurance that, my, that I am taking the right steps in the right direction. Reassurance that the things I might have said to someone were the right things they needed to hear. 
reassurance on some of the decisions I make in life were actually the, the right choices that I made. Someone just to come along beside you and say, hey, you know what you're doing is right because it's making a difference. I had someone, a staff member, just this week come into my office and take a moment and just say, I just want you to know that what you're doing and how you're leading the church is really making a difference. You may not see all the outcome right now, but just so you know, let your heart be reassured that you're doing the right things. And when we hear something that's reassuring, man, it makes us feel at peace. Right? Yeah. You know, the background in this story here with Luke is some important characters, the shepherds. You know, the shepherds, they were considered some of the lower class of society in their time frame. They felt unimportant, insignificant, and invisible. Sometimes some of us can feel that way. We can often feel no one sees us. No one appreciates us. No one is thankful for us and anything that we might do. Especially those of us who are really good at doing things behind the scenes where no one else really knows. And all they see is the outcome of something like, like all the work that's been going on today. How about that beautiful acapella by Sidney and Aaron this morning? Give me one star, just one simple light, and I'll never walk alone again at night. You know, there's another song that that particular crew sings, the Winans. Some of you have heard of the Winans. If you've not heard the Winans, you need to educate yourself on the Winans. <laughs> but they sing another song. Ooh, I can't sing it, but if I could, I would really break out in it. Right? If, I could, if I, God really blessed me with the gift of singing, I'd go, old, I'd go uh, soulish on you right now, old school. <laughs> but he said, ooh, child, things are going to get easier. Ooh, child, things are going to get brighter. Yeah, they say that too. And ooh, child, things are going to get better and brighter and easier along that line. Yeah, and, and, and that's true. That's true. You need to remember that. You need to keep that singing. Amen? You need to remember that. And the shepherds, they were at that place where, man, it was dark. It was that night, dark, cold. But on the other end of the spectrum, you had some of the religious leaders, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You see, they were good at keeping themselves lifted up by putting everybody else down. And I don't know about you, but man, I don't like being around people like that. Making themselves feel better by putting other people down. Yeah, that was happening even then, under the disguise of religion. The shepherds weren't expecting to be contacted by angelic beings or given a direct message by God. They had no business receiving that, so they thought. And it certainly was not the, the religious elite were not found at the stable, kneeling down at the presence of the birth of the Messiah. They didn't get the invite. Those who kept it together on the outside, they didn't get the invite. Who got the invite? Who did God visit that night? Who did God make the announcement to? The lowly, broken shepherds keeping watch over their flock. Those were the ones who got the invite. That announcement made that way to the shepherds back then made all the difference. It's a game changer. That was a game changer. It changes everything. It changes everything. And today it reminds us, that announcement reminds us today that God's favor is not based on human standards. 
It's not based on human standards. No, his favor rests on those who humbly acknowledge their brokenness and then are willing to exchange it for the gifts that God offers us in Christ Jesus. The gifts of hope and love and joy and peace. I mean, what better gifts could any one of us walk around in life with in our hearts and in our souls than the gift of hope? Just a little, the heart longs for a little bit of hope is what the song said. The heart longs for a little bit of hope and joy and love and peace. And you know, those shepherds, they were certainly aware of their frailties because that is whom God made the announcement to that night. You know, I think there's also a parallel between these shepherds and, and our lives as well. Something that you and I can, that us, we have in common with them. And here they were trying to live life. Anybody just trying to live life? Anybody just trying to make it today? Trying to overcome some of the pitfalls and the setbacks of life. Trying to find joy in the mundane. Mm. Trying to live at peace regardless of what field of life they found themselves in. They were trying to push forward and lean in to God's will and God's purpose for their life. And even though life pushes back hard sometimes, right? Anybody ever experience any pushback? Even though life can be heavy and it can be complicated, it can be messy. That's what these shepherds were going through. But it was them on that night God came near In the middle of their dark, cold, lonely night, God came near to the shepherds and said, Hey, the Messiah has been born. He has brought peace to this earth. And you're invited to go see for yourself. You see, those shepherds in that announcement made by the angels, that marked the beginning of peace on earth. That arrival of Christ, that announcement of heaven, heaven to earth, the activity of heaven touching the activity of earth, bringing forth an announcement, changing everything, brought peace. You know, peace is not based on a class, it's not based on position, it's not based on occupation. Thank goodness, right? It's not based on any of those things. No, peace, that God's peace in Christ Jesus is based on his purpose and his design to bring good news to all people that would fill them with great joy. Good news for everyone that would fill everyone with great joy. In these last few minutes that I have, I want to I share with you a couple of thoughts about peace, specifically about the reassuring peace of God, Because right now we, we go through life and we're going through some things and we need to be reassured. We need to be reassured that it is going to be okay. Amen? And those shepherds, if they ever needed a word from heaven, it was the time in their life when they needed to hear it because they were being hard pressed and pushed to the side and cast down. They needed to be reminded that their life mattered. That what they were doing, matter who they are, mattered. And you need to know that today. You need to know that for yourself. Our children need to be reminded that of this season. We need to be able to see each other in the eyes. We need to be able to look at each other and be able to give an ear and give a shoulder and remember and take some moments to pause and, and linger for a moment and let's reassure one another that it's going to be all right. 
First of all, peace is a person. It's not a product. Peace is not something you buy and then feel good about. Peace is not something you, you purchase and own and then feel all right about. No, peace is a person. 700 years prior to Jesus' birth, Isaiah the prophet prophesied, Unto us a child is born. He will be called, depending on which song you sing, he will be called, as some of those old versions say, Prince of Peace. And of his peace there will be no end. 700 years prior to his birth, peace was prophesied. And peace came onto the scene. At his birth, the angels announced peace on earth. Goodwill toward all those who put their trust in the Lord. And then at the end of his life, Jesus declared to his disciples, John's gospel records it in John 14, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace that I give you. I do not give to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace, Jesus is peace. Peace is a person. He gives his peace, not as the world gives in the sense of anything we might own, anything we might try on, anything we might purchase, anything we might try to go after and do in life to give us some peace, any achievements, any accolades. No, those are small in the sense that they don't last forever. But his peace is eternal. And we're going to talk about what his peace can do. The Prince of Peace is who Jesus is. Isaiah prophesied that he is the Prince of of peace. Think about that. Prince of peace. Royalty. What is the typical response to royalty? Is a bow, right? It's a bow. It's a humble yielding and surrender to recognizing royalty in your midst. Jesus is royalty. He's prince of peace. So anything in our life that stirs us up, that doesn't make us settle down, then is required to bow. To the Prince of Peace. So when Jesus enters our life, when Jesus walks into our world, when the Prince of Peace is truly risen inside of us and exalted inside of us, that is part of the reason we sing songs as believers of faith, is to stir our hearts up to remember Jesus is meant to be exalted and not suppressed. Jesus is meant to be put up and not put down. Because when we put him up and we exalt him, his words to us are, when I am exalted, I draw people to myself. And as he is exalted, he lifts us up. So the prince of peace, anything in our hearts, anything in our life, anything in our world, must bow to him, to his rule and his reign. Because he offers his peace in exchange for what we carry around. And that's our second thought, peace is personal. Peace is personal. I'm so thankful that it's, it's not distant, that it's, that it's not something that lingers way out there in front of me. No, peace can come right inside of me because peace is personal. Question for us today. How peaceful is your Christmas season? Yeah, I know, I just put it out there. Right? <laughs> Write it down, let me see it. No, I'm kidding, I'm not going to ask you to do that. How peaceful is your Christmas season? Uh, I got to level with you guys. I have, I have been guilty of getting too busy. I have been guilty of getting too frantic. I have been guilty of letting 
molehills become mountains. I know none of you deal with that, so this is just good for my soul today. How about is it overloaded? How about any relational conflict going on? Don't answer it. (laughs) Somebody said, ow, with that elbow in the side. Pressure at work. Yeah, year-end, year-end stuff, trying to come together. That's probably one of my biggest things. It's almost a year-end, and I'm already thinking about next year. And yeah, we even promoted a little bit about next year, but really we should just stop and celebrate the moment which is why we are here today. Any illness going on? Physical ailments, setbacks like that. How about financial stress? Yeah, that happens too. And here's a tough one. The loss of a loved one. The loss of a loved one. You know, for some, peace seems like so far away. Seems like a good idea. Seems like a nice thought. Oh, that's great. Talk about peace. It's good for you, but what about me, right? If only we could feel the peace of God with us every day. And if you're here today, you find yourself in that, in that place. I want to tell you, you're not alone. You are not the only one. You are not the only one. You know, in fact, Jesus shows up in our storms that threaten peace. Storms of life that threaten our peace when love seems lost and moving forward seems so unclear. How can we take another step when I really don't know what is in front of me? I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what lies ahead. And yet in Scripture, we're told all the time, forget about what happened and move toward the future, move toward the upward call of God that's in Christ Jesus that's in front of you and friends I got to level with you sometimes that is just not easy to do is it but his peace is personal maybe you remember this story it's recorded in Matthew Mark and Luke's gospels a story about the disciples getting into a boat it was Jesus's idea to get into a boat and say hey we're going to go across to the other side so they got into a boat, and they got into this sea called the Galilee, and Jesus got in the boat with them, and he decided, oh, you know, I'm going to take me a nap. I'm tired. He laid down in the back of the boat with his head on a pillow, and they began sailing across the sea. Remember, most of these guys were fishermen of, by trade, so they were used to being out on a boat in, in the sea. And, uh, but there was something different about this particular trip. As they got across, they were about halfway across, and it said a fierce storm came up got dark, got cloudy, began to just downpour, torrential downpour. The, way, the wind was huge. The waves were gigantic. They, in fact, they were so bad that the waves were coming in to the point where they felt like they were going to drown. Anybody ever felt like that before in life? Here you are trying to go from A to, to B and get across Whatever this is you're going through, whatever this is you're dealing with, whatever this is that's happening in your life, you're just trying to make it. And and then you're overwhelmed and overtaken and feel like, you know, I just don't know. I just don't know. That's how these disciples felt. And so in the midst of the waves crashing down, the rain pouring down, the wind just bolstering through and scaring them, literally rocking their boat, literally rocking their soul. This something was different about this storm. We all have faced different storms, but there's always that one 
that seems to really change life. You know what I'm talking about? There's always that one that's different. So what did they do? They went to Jesus. And they said, hey, don't you care that we are about to drown? Don't you care what's going on in our life right now? And here's what happened. Jesus woke up. Scriptures tell us that he woke up, he looked around, and he saw, he observed what was happening. And he said, peace, be still. And it said at that moment, the wind died, the waves calmed, and everything was silent. And they got to the other side. It's not God's intention that you not make it. To the other side. In fact, it's, it's really all about what is happening on the in-between. And that's where we find ourselves in life, the in-between. And God may, wants us to know in Christ Jesus that his peace that he offers is personal for those in-between moments of life. Those in-between seasons of life when everything is really not that normal, so to speak, that he gives his peace. And it's reassuring peace. You know, that, and that's exactly what happened in the disciples' life that night. On that, in that boat, on that sea, in that storm, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, spoke peace and he quieted the storms. Silenced it. Calmed it. Reassured. You're going to be alright. You're going to make it. It's going to be okay. You know, and sometimes like those disciples, we sound a lot alike. Don't you care, God? Don't you care what I'm going through? We really more or less ask that question out of frustration by saying, God, if you cared, we wouldn't have had to have gone through it. That's hard to reconcile sometimes. Hard to reconcile sometimes. God, if you cared, I would not have had to have gone through this. God, don't you care? And so we get mad and we can get angry. And, and then what we do is we end up adding to this storm. We end up adding to the spiral of this storm that is going on. And really what the disciples did we are to do in the sense of ask Jesus to help us in the storm and help us get through the storm. Because it's never God's intention that the storm take us down. It's his intention that he be with us in the middle of it and carry us through it to the other side. Amen? And that is not always easy. In reality, here's the answer to the question, does God care? Yes. With a big, emphatic, yes, God cares. God cares. He is there. He is present. He is with us in the middle of whatever we may face. He knows all that swirls around us and all that is at war within us. And he sees beyond the wind and the waves of the circumstances in our life. And it's the power 
of his peace. The power of his peace isn't diminished by any storm we may face. Any storm of life that you and I go through, he is not rocked by it, not one bit. God is not surprised by the storms of life. God is not taken off guard by the storms of life. God is not like, oh, world, you got one over on me that time. No, he is not surprised. In fact, he's just waiting and longing for his people to just say, God, will you help me get through this? And when we ask him, will you help me get through this, that he gives us this overwhelming, transcending thing called peace that is reassuring. What storms are you facing today? What battles are you dealing with today? Maybe it's all in your mind. Maybe you're playing out all these different contingencies and scenarios in your mind about different people, about different situations. You know, you may be thinking, well, if so-and-so calls me or if so-and-so says to me this, then I'm going to think this and say that. What an awful place to live in life, right? If we're not careful, we can find ourselves there. What battle do you face? Again, different types. What is this holiday season doing to you right now? God's intent is that he, we would have Christ with us Christ before us, Christ going through it with us, no matter what. What storms are you facing? You know, this is the time, this is the moment where we don't need to pretend that our battles or our storms or our issues don't really exist. This is the time where we need to think about it, and then we need to go to him. So how do we access this person of peace? How do we gain this reassurance of peace? Well, we have to go back to this story, like the shepherds. Like the shepherds, when we come close to him, when we go to worship him, that is where we connect with him. We, it's impossible to get peace that's reassuring in life apart from God because it doesn't last. It's momentary. It does not carry us through the weight of the wars that we deal with and wrestle with. We must go to God. We must worship God. We must draw close to Him. When we draw close to Him, that is when we can have what He has to offer us. And we have that moment when we connect with God. Then we can exchange whatever we are at war with, whatever it is, for His reassuring peace. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. It'll be on the screen here behind me. Philippians 4 Verse 6, Paul says, don't worry about anything. And this is not coming from someone who didn't go through any storms. The dude was shipwrecked a bunch of times. The guy encountered without, he, he lived without food for days on end at different times. The guy was beaten up quite a bit uh, for preaching the gospel. He was bitten by a poisonous snake and it did, he did not die. The guy knew what it was like to go through some stuff. And here he is telling, don't worry about anything, instead... Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The goal is to always keep on going. Continue to live 
in no matter what circumstance, no matter what battlefield, no matter what war, no matter what storm, we are to have and can have his reassuring peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Got all kinds of chaos happening around me. My, my mind might be tormented. My soul might be crushed. My life might feel like it's falling apart. Things are imploding. Relationships are conflicting. Pressures at work. Got illnesses from the doctor. Got bills from the bill collectors. I don't have enough of this. Don't have enough of that. And it's all starting to compound. And we're feeling the weight of life. Feeling the weight of war. Feeling the weight of just being here. So and so is not here anymore. How am I going to cope with this? And we feel all of life's storms happening. And God says, talk to me about it. Talk to me about it. I can handle it. And there's this great exchange that takes place, like those German and British soldiers did 104 Christmases ago in the middle of war. They exchanged gifts and gestures. And in doing so, peace was reigning for that moment because of the great exchange so what about us what is going on with you what are you dealing with what are you wrestling with what are you carrying around what is huge in your life that's a burden that's heavy and difficult to manage take advantage of the great exchange that when we come to God and we give him our cares because he cares for us, when we give him our burdens, when we give him our stuff, when we give him our issues, when we give him our conflicts, we give him our chaos, we give him whatever it is that is conflicting inside of us, that's at war within us, that's swirling around, whatever it is, whatever we give to him, he says, I give you peace. Peace to just let you know you're okay. I'm here. Right? Peace that says it's okay because I'm here. I'm here. Those shepherds experienced reassuring peace that night when their life was cold and distant and dark. God came near. They went to him. They saw him. They bowed to him. They connected with him. And when they connected with him, they left with peace. They left with what heaven had to offer. So no matter what's going on, literally what, no, no matter what's going on, no matter what, how bad the storm is that's swirling around or within, here's the thing, Jesus... He can calm it. Jesus can carry us through it. I want to pray for you today. This was not on the schedule, but girls, are you, are you up for a song? Are you up for the acapella again? To close us out today, I'll let you go get ready, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for everyone. I'm praying for you too.
That's probably one of my favorite Christmas albums that they're singing from, the Winans, and that particular song always seems to get me every time I listen to it. I want to pray for you today. What war are you facing? What battle are you dealing with? What storm is happening? I want you to think about it. I want you, if you could, bow your heads. Just close your eyes for a brief moment. I'm not going to do anything weird or call you out or anything like that. If I did, I would do it gently anyways. I wouldn't embarrass anybody. But think about the battles. Think about your, your soul. Think about the storms that you may face. And you may be here today thinking, man, I, I got everything's calm and good and just solid, brother, in my life right now. Well, I want to say praise God for that. Just remember the rest of us. And don't forget to pray for us and don't forget to encourage the rest of us who might be going through something. And I want to pray these words out of 2 Thessalonians 3.16. And just receive this prayer. And as you receive this prayer, exchange whatever it is in you for the reassuring peace of God that is in Christ Jesus. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times. And in every situation that you may deal with. The Lord be with you. May he be your peace this week. Guarding your soul with peace. Filling your spirit with the wholeness of peace. And ruling as the prince of peace in your heart. May all that is at war within us. Bow right now to the Prince of Peace. No rebellious thinking, no selfish attitude, no I got this bro all over the place. Just let peace come in. All that is within us that is not right right now, bow to the Prince of Peace. All that is swirling around on the inside of us, Settle us down right now, O oh God. Peace, be still, and calm our souls. Breathe deeply, saints, this morning, and exchange your war with his reassuring peace, whatever it might be. Now pray this now today in the name of the Prince of Peace, the name of Jesus, that is above every name, that is above all things, yet close to the broken, close to the ones who will exchange. Today, we exchange and we receive peace now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.